Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul Podcast, episode number 122 with national TV news personality, Jen Eckhart. Welcome to the Enrich Your Soul Podcast, a series of inspirational messages, stories, and testimonials to help you achieve your goals or just get started in creating a new positive direction in your life. I'm your host, Rich Bracken, and in each episode, I will share a new perspective through perseverance and self-awareness to help you live your best life personally and professionally. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to the Enrich Your Soul podcast. Today I am excited to have a very good friend of mine and a phenomenal woman joining my podcast to talk about a bunch of different topics, but we're gonna talk about a really interesting topic that makes us what we are. We are recent best friends because of certain facts that we're gonna talk about today. But first, I am proud to introduce Jennifer Eckhart, who is a national TV journalist, anchor, radio personality, and producer as seen on Fox News, the Fox Business Network, and Fox Nation based in New York City. She's also a contributing author for Thrive Global, a platform that helps the world's leading enterprises build healthy habits through inspirational storytelling. She is born and raised in Miami, Florida, and often serves as a keynote speaker and MC at various social and charity events, such as the Lupus Foundation of America's Evening of Hope, New York Fashion Week's Unfair Advantage Live, and a Night to Shine sponsored by the Tim Tebow Foundation. Jennifer, I'm so lucky, one, to know you, <laughs> two, to be recent best friends, a la stepbrothers, and three, to have you joining me here on the podcast. How are you today? I'm good. Thanks so much for having me on. Uh, wow, you really said it all there. Can I hire <laughs> you as my PR consultant? My goodness. <laughs> I, 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 you know what? I would absolutely be delighted to do that. And, and honestly, like that's just the short version. There's so many amazing things to say about you. So I, you know, we can make an entire podcast of your accolades, which is I'm, you know, oh, easy to do, easy to brag on you. But lots of lots of really cool things I want to talk to you about today. But first, I want to get into the the best friend bridge that we've had and i want yes. to talk about what's going on here in the background and, and the and the set here because so much to talk about you know, i know it's a lot it's baby a, it, Yoda. right it's, it's like sensory overload right you need to like <laughs> stop take it all in take have a sip of water yes we got baby yoda here in a louis vuitton handbag we got a vintage vogue picture um that is just cool we got some lightning bolt earrings and an Incubus band t-shirt because you know what? I figured I spent all of these years being either behind the camera or in front of the camera. And whenever I was in front of the camera, I always had to dress to the nines and I had the, the perfect hair and the heels and the dresses. And it's like, bleh. like, this is me. This is the real Jen. This is behind the curtain Jen, band t-shirt and all. And I make no apologies for it, Rich. <laughs> and, and that, you know, that segues perfectly into why we've become such good friends. And I think it's the thing that I want to focus on today the most, and we'll get into this shortly, but it's really all about the fact that you, when you take people that are either celebrities or television personalities or something that they have this, this public facing um, exposure, they are this, this out right. personality, you see them on the news, you see them on TV, you see them in concert, you take them for what they are. And you, you formulate this, this mentality of who they are based off of what your experience is. But with every single person, there's a lot behind the curtain. There's a lot behind the role. There's a lot behind the personality. And that's where you and I really struck a chord of friendship because as evidenced by our mutual affection for black <laughs> band t-shirts, we have that same, that same story. And I wanna talk about your story and you know, I may interweave some of the similarities because there are a lot of them, uh, which you know could lead into a spin-off series of you and I doing this together all the time. Love. <laughs> um, but really, want to talk about that story. But first, let's talk about your background because I want to talk about the fact that you are one of my favorite stories in the sense that you had these goals, these dreams, these aspirations, and like anyone that has dreams or aspirations, especially big ones you face doubters, you face people that were kind of like, ah, nice, run along, you know, take Still your do. and, and, Still and, do. and, and <laughs> just scoot. We don't want to hear it, but yeah. you didn't, you didn't settle for that. So I want to talk about how you got to that point where you rose to the, to the status that you are. Yeah. I don't take no for an answer. <laughs> I Love think, it. no, I think that's a great jumping off point because a lot of people 
are quick to hear the word no and they sort of just put their tail between their legs and go on their merry way and they're like all right and they there they become like eeyore like oh i feel so bad for my no don't take no for an answer like the reason part of the reason i got um I got my job is because I, I think, and I say this metaphorically, I banged so hard on the door and was like, hire me. I can do this. I can do great work. And sometimes you just got to get in people's faces and um, show them what you're really worth. But yeah, to your point about the doubters and naysayers, gosh, that's something I have experienced my whole life. Um, but real when it really started setting in was when I was, um, on the cusp of graduating from college, right? And I was about to enter this exciting world of media, um, broadcast journalism, and a lot of former mentors of mine sort of uh, doubted me. They, and these are people I looked up to, Rich, my entire life. And uh, one of them told me to pull out a map of the United States and circle all of the states in like the Midwest um, I guess they called, they called them flyover states, but anyway, th those are my people, mm -hmm. but they said, you know, forget the big markets, circle all of those states and consider applying, you know, as an anchor or a reporter there, and then you can apply to another place. And then, you know, throughout your career, you can jump around from market to market to market. And I said, ew, <laughs> I'm like, that's not, no, really. I said, that's not that's not me. I, there's, I, you, you know, you laugh, but it's so, it, it's so true that there is not like a one size fits all strategy to getting where you want to get in life. Right. And I feel like so many off, like oftentimes we are told, no, you have to do it this way. You, you have to do it like a cookie cutter, follow my lead, follow my example. And I just decided to hell with that and to just pave your own path to success. And um, I came up, I, I right, literally my first job out of college was moving to New York City and working for a national news network, which was my dream since I was a little girl. So there you have and, it. And, <laughs> and I, I love so many things about what you just said. And, and, and I will tell any of the viewers or the listeners, there will be moments that you will hear me say, again, this is why. And and so some of the things you were saying play right into my philosophy too, because the, the one size fits all, I tend to find and in, in, in people that I talk with in my own experiences, the people that will say, this is the way you should do it is because mm -hmm. they are either insecure about the path that they've taken yeah. or they feel like they want to put you on the same path that they have because they don't want you to figure out an easier way to do it. They feel like they've paid their dues and they've put in the time and and so one, I think that's really critical that anybody that's pursuing a dream doesn't follow that mentality or didn't fall into that trap. Right. There, well, there's a famous quote, right? Don't accept advice from people who have, who aren't going where you're going or who, you know, there's a lot of people out there who, um, you know, they say to themselves, well, I didn't make it at the national level. So why, why does she? You know, why is she or why does he get to go and work at a, you know, a Fortune 500 company? And why am I still here? Like, and again, I say, and I, I even said this in a recent class um, on Cameo uh, to some students that, again, put that out of your mind that you have to jump market to market to market and then cross your fingers and toes and just pray that, like, you know, the news gods or the higher up execs will take notice of you one day because. Honestly, it, I feel like that's such a tired and worn out strategy. And mm -hmm. I haven't seen it work, frankly, for a lot of people and for a lot of my former classmates. So uh, again, I think there's a method to it. And I think that if you really stay true to yourself and pave your own path to success, you can really get there. Agreed. And I think the other thing that you, that you said that I love, and this goes for anybody and any, any, where they are in their path and anybody that's trying to, to pursue a dream or pursue a goal is that mentality that when you're knocking on the door there, mm -hmm. I think there's a step before that, that I think you'll, you'll understand where I'm coming from on this is that you can go and knock on as many doors as you possibly want. But if you mm -hmm. don't have it in your mind and your heart that you deserve to be there, 
Right. I love the Eeyore mentality where I, where I find the similarity <laughs> too is because I talk about the Eeyore mentality so much where it's the, oh, well, you know, I guess they're right. Oh, I, I thought it was just wrong. me. No, no, no. See, again, again, there's, there's, this, <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a, additional conversations and additional connections that are going to be happening throughout this. But really, it's all about coming to grips with the fact that you are worthy, that you are talented, mm-hmm. that you deserve to be a part of the conversation. And I think that step is missed so many times because people think, well, I'm just going to go try. Well, you right. can go try all you want, but if you're not convinced, the first no that comes your way is going to knock you off your feet. Absolutely. And I'd say, I, I'd be mine if I didn't say, um, and this is something I've never really shared with the public before, but my first job that I really, really, really wanted, um, I was about to graduate from college at the University of Florida. All of my friends had jobs and I was jobless, but I was hoping that something would come through and it didn't. And I fell flat on my face and I had to walk on that graduation stage without being job on the horizon. And it, it's crushing. It's debilitating. Mm-hmm. But again, getting your mind right and not accepting no for an answer and knowing your value and knowing your worth will take you far, so far in life. And why I am where I am today with Baby Yoda and a Louis Vuitton <laughs> wearing a you, you too <laughs> can, have, can have Baby Yoda in a designer purse. If you, if you just believe in yourself. Well, and I yeah. think you, but what, uh, go ahead. Oh, no, no. I was just going to say, so another, to your point about knowing your value, I think often, and you can probably attest to this too, is in corporate America, you know, we also have to take into account bad bosses, right? And bad managers sort of driving away some of their best employees. We see that happen so often. So to any listeners, viewers out there, if you are feeling stuck or undervalued at work, it's happening for a reason. And as hard as it may be in these challenging times, I would encourage everybody to dig deep and to maybe pull themselves out of that situation because you're never going to achieve your full potential if you don't feel valued in the workplace. I, I love that. And I think that that is, it, it's kind of that mentality that people start getting into the mindset that, well, maybe I'm not that talented. Well, maybe I'm not yeah. that good. So I'll just kind of fall into ranks when in actuality, mm-hmm. it may be that that boss, that manager, that director that is threatened by that individual. Exactly. Secure in their own status and so therefore, I don't want anybody getting close to me or getting coming up the ladder at me because I don't have a whole lot of ground to stand on here. I haven't experienced that at all in my industry, by the way. I'm sure. It's, it's very rare. Sarcasm. <laughs> it only happens in a few industries at certain levels, right? It happens all the time. No, it happens everywhere. everywhere. It happens everywhere. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. So, and I think along with that, there's also, you know, so I, I will... Be, I'll be the first to say, and I've said it before, that I'm in a very um, unique position in, in corporate America as a white male. You know, that is mm-hmm. that historically, that is where things have always been. Now, right. there has been a grand change and it's getting there. It's not to the point where it mm-hmm. should be yet, but more mm-hmm. and more companies and associations and organizations are embracing more diversity and inclusions efforts, not just on face value, not just lip service. And right. I, for one, am a big supporter of that because I truly feel like I, a vast majority of my supervisors and bosses throughout my career have been female and they're phenomenal. And I've never... We're great multitaskers, right? I can and, juggle and cook and, you know, clean and, right. uh, I don't know, play cards at the same time. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and two, I think there's 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 a different... We are, women are excellent multitaskers. <laughs> and they're multitaskers. But to me, they're stronger. Um you know, there, there's just a, there's a different level of communication and empathy that comes along with that. You know, I think there's a lot of differentiation. Empathy factors. is a big one. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that is one thing that is so lost in, in leadership these days is just that need for empathy. Um, but do you mm-hmm. think that, you know, what do you think is going to help get it to the point where it needs to be? Cause it's getting there. You're seeing more and more women becoming C- CEOs and yeah. leaders. There's definitely a shift happening. So just to give, to throw out some stats to your listeners and viewers. So women today lead, I believe it's 167 of the country's top 3,000 companies. 
think about that for a second. Wow. Just like the math there, even as like hiring and promotion improves across the country for women in senior roles, women are still significantly underrepresented at yeah. all and at all levels, all right. levels. Right. Um, and listen, I, I'm not saying this to cry and say, oh, woe is me. I'm a woman. Like, feel sorry for me. No, like, because I don't, I don't, as, as a woman, I don't believe in putting genders against one another. These are just the facts. Right. These are the basic facts. And um, I truly believe that women in the C-suite is sort of the next frontier as far as like gender diversity goes. I think that it is still, even in 2020, an important discussion that needs to be had. Uh, frankly, I wish it was had during the recent presidential debate. I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of topics that were untouched that I wish we had uh, covered, but this is certainly one of them. And, you know, for your listeners out there, I actually was just reading a story today in the Wall Street Journal, and there's a woman by the name of Patty Watson. Mm -hmm. um, and I drew a lot of comparisons between me and other females in the workforce that I've communicated with. And basically she was told that she was, quote, too critical to the tech transformation underway at her company to switch positions at that point. So essentially this woman wanted to climb the career ladder, sure. but she was told, but you're so, but you're so good at this. So there was a reluctance to, you know, promote her. And that's when companies and corporate America starts putting, you know, women, I've had it happen to me. They put you in a box, right? Mm. Where, you're so good at something. So out of selfish desire and selfish wants and needs, they'll, you know, keep you in that role mm -hmm. instead of, you know, moving you along, along. And that's just from, that's been from my personal experience and what I've, what I've seen happen to other women in the workplace. Yeah. And it's, again, it goes back to the, I feel that it goes back to the, that insecurity, that fear mm -hmm. of comparison because why else would you put somebody in a box that is on your team in your organization trying to do the best that they can do for the organization? Why would you limit them when they have the potential right. to help grow things exponentially? The only reason you would would be insecurity, would be fear of comparison, would be some sort of, you know, again, going back to the EOR mentality. Well, maybe I'm not good. Yeah. Enough, but I'm not going to let that person get close enough to me to make that comparison. And I think right. it's for women. I right. think it's for people of color. I think it's, I think it's a LGBTQ. I think it's across all diverse Absolutely. categories. But we're getting better and mm -hmm. we are making progress, but we're nowhere near where we need to be. Uh, because again, when you just look at the basic numbers and the facts, it's, it's just, it's heart wrenching. Um, okay. I also, this goes to my whole argument. And I've said this for years that I, and this may be an unpopular opinion and no offense if anybody, if any of your listeners work in human resources, I love you, you matter, you are worthy. But I do think that there needs to be a complete and utter overhaul of human resources in corporate America. I'm not saying to do away with those jobs because they are so necessary. But I believe that instead of, you know, staffing and compensation, like we should, they should be focused on outcomes, right? Mm. Instead of being like, policy police and like these sort of corporate watchdogs like listen rich i've experienced this firsthand pretty pretty recently actually but it's no secret that if a woman or male for that matter is struggling in the workplace and they go and complain to human resources they're not in the interest of protecting you the employee they are sometimes selfishly in the interest of protecting the company and the company's mm -hmm. image. So if we sort of like changed our mindset and shifted how the structure is in corporate America, you know, maybe we would see some, some more positive change in, you know, not putting men against women, but rather hiring, you know, and promoting based on skill set. And, right. you know, I, I think we would see a change. Uh, dramatically if if we adopted that. I don't know if we will or if we can, but my that's my hope. <laughs> and I, I love I'm and in my mind I'm running through all the different scenarios of where you could you could tie outcome value data performance 
to that department or to those individuals where it's not necessarily like your right. job is not to protect the castle from collapsing. Right. Your job is to make the castle better. Right. So like you hear of headhunt, like you hear of like life coaches, right? Who are like, all right, so you're, you're, you're stuck in this position. How can we get you from point A to point B? Right. I would love to see that in a corporate environment. Like, Hey, I'm your friend here. I'm not in the interest of protecting, you know, the company and the company's bottom line. That's not my sole purpose. I care about you, the employee. I care about your trajectory and growth at this company as an employee, a human being. And I just think that would be a, a much healthier approach. So. I, I love it. And <laughs> to, to pivot a little bit in talking about leaders and, and, and people in power, you've gotten in your roles, have gotten to interview a lot of celebrities a lot of business leaders, a lot of public figures. First of all, I got to know, who's your favorite? My favorite? Uh, I love being asked this question. My favorite? Gosh, I so yes, I've interviewed many celebrities, but I have to say my favorite celebrity, although he probably wouldn't even, he's so humble, he probably wouldn't even consider himself a celebrity, is Elon Musk. Um, really? Yes. And I'll just a short story for your viewers and listeners. Uh, when during my time at this national news network where I was working for nearly 10 years, I've come across many public figures from all walks of life. Um, but on this particular occasion, Elon Musk was about to go on TV for an appearance and he walked into the green room and uh, walked right up to me, shook my, extended his hand, shook my hand, um, shook everyone's hand. This was obviously pre-COVID when handshaking was, you know. <laughs> I was say, wait a minute, wait a minute, when, when, when was this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, those, those days are long over. But Elon shook my hand and was so personable and made eye contact with everybody in the room. And, you know, Rich, when you meet a lot of these public figures and celebrity types, they come in with their, their publicists and their entourage and their assistants and their, you know, it's, it's just, it's a lot. <laughs> and, but Elon, and I hope he listens to this podcast. <laughs> I hope he does too. <laughs> but Elon came in, let's get him to listen, right? Let's book, you book him on your next podcast. But anyway, Elon walked into the green room. After making eye contact with me and everyone else, after shaking my hand, he didn't have a suit and tie on. He didn't have an entourage with him. And I'm just like, self-made billionaire. And you just walked in. Like, he knocked everyone's socks off because, it, again, it goes to your point, Rich, where you have an idea of how somebody would be how you expect them to be. And then they just turn out being the exact opposite. And him and I ended up having a 10 minute long conversation. He signed a picture uh, for me. It was him in front of one of his old, older rockets. I think it was like his first rocket ever. And he wrote Ad Astra, which is Latin for to the stars. And he signed it to my engineer brother. So that's awesome. I thought that was, it was just a wow moment for me because again, well, I also have a thing for like geeks and I also love <laughs> space and, Tesla and all things SpaceX, but he just, um, you know, celebrities, they're just like us. They're regular. <laughs> <laughs> and, and do you think, I mean, that to me, of all the people that I've met that have some sort of a status, that to me is the biggest misconception about celebrities or people in power is that there's something to be uh, put on a pedestal. And now some feel that they should. Let's not, let's not right. mis mix words here. There are some celebrities and people in power that are more than happy to let you adore them and, and put them on a pedestal. But for the most right. part, the ones that I've met are very down to earth. And the best interactions right. I've had are with ones that you treat like they're a new friend or they're somebody that you just want to have a chat with and that you treat them like a normal individual. Do you find the same thing? Yes, they don't, you know, they don't hold themselves in a higher regard, you know, and they, they treat you like an actual human being. And uh, I do think there's something to be said about that because I think they are the world's best kept secrets. <laughs> hmm. Do you think there are there any other things that you find that people have misconceptions about, about people in power or people of status or celebrities in, in your interactions that you've had over the last 10 years? Hmm. So any, any misconceptions? Well, I mean, 
you know, there's the old saying, well, celebrities, they put their pants on just like us. And I mean, it's, it's true. I mean, mm-hmm. um, but I just think going to um, the larger point of what's behind the curtain, um, if you just sort of peel back the layers a bit, I'll give you an example. So I was covering a red carpet event a couple of years ago and interviewing former New York Giants running back Rashad Jennings. And it was mm-hmm. a sports, it was a New York Giants sports related event. It was for charity. Uh, Dr. Oz was there. I spoke to him and Every, every reporter on the red carpet was asking athletes about sports. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go there and I'm going to ask them about finance and about what, what's, what's your, what are your uh, biggest saving tips? What's your favorite stock that you invest in? And I have to tell you, Rich, when I asked Rashad Jennings this question, he was like, whoa, like, <laughs> he's like, that is so cool that you just asked me that because I'm always being asked about football and about, and it was just sort of a moment like, Hey, these celebrity, you know, just because you're an athlete or a movie star or a news anchor, like people are so multifaceted and talented and they sort of go beyond that. So don't ever put anyone in a box. Right. And so that's what I have to say. Given, given your stature, and given the fact that you and I have had long conversations about what's behind the curtain and what's behind the personality, I think yes. I, first of all, I agree with what you're saying, because I think those, those individuals that I've struck up friendships with that have a status of some sort, it's always the, the intricate details that you don't see coming, whether they have right. a really weird you know, thing about food or they have a specific artist that they like, <laughs> or there's something about their personality. Right. That's just like, you don't see that coming. Like, if you're a multi multi million record selling musician, and you have this affinity for chocolate chip cookies, like knowing those <laughs> things about those individuals, it's so right. interesting. Right. To find those out because right. Like, oh, you know that 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 facade is not necessarily broken to a disrespectful level, but then you're like, yeah, yeah, you're you're a big singer, but let's talk about this thing with chocolate chip cookies. So what is what is that for you? Exactly. Like, is, well, that's kind of. That's kind of like you, Rich, when I saw an interview you did recently on a Fox affiliate and you just subtly put in there that Slipknot was your favorite band. <laughs> but in looking at your Instagram, you're in, you know, you're dressed so immaculate and you have these, you know, three piece suits on and you would never guess that Slipknot is your favorite <laughs> band. And that's my friend is why we have established this friendship today. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so tell, tell the, the viewers and the listeners, cause I know the answer to this question, but I want to know what you is do. that? What is that behind the curtain? Let, let's talk about that. The, 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 that first bridge, but to the friendship, like what is that behind the curtain fact about you? So I've never told anybody this, so this is breaking news, but I am a huge fan. See my skull, my skull gloves here. I am a big fan of Marilyn Manson. Soccer. I know, I know, I know, I know. I can hear, I can feel the DMs coming in right now. Like, oh my gosh, like don't at Did you mean Monroe? You didn't mean Manson. No, I did not. (laughs) <laughs> I meant Marilyn Manson, but again, Rick, the reason why I'm a fan of his is because he, it, it plays into this whole theme of being exactly what people don't expect you to be. Mm. And in doing some research on him and, you know, do I love all of his music? I mean, no, but there's a couple songs of his that are some bangers. I mean, if you are ever having a bad day put on either leave a scar or killing strangers and it will instantly change your mood. It will make you feel like you are going to kick ass and you're on top of the world. So there's you just, that. You but, just, I mean, it, you didn't hit like <laughs> the beautiful people or tourniquet or something. Or no, dreams. no, like I took it dark. In the, in I took the it crates. to a dark, dark place. Right. Yes. <laughs> Actually his, his hit song killing strangers is in one of the John Wick movies, which is how I even learned about it. Um, but no, he, so look, there's the Marilyn Manson everyone sees, right? The guy with the, known for the notorious makeup and the stage persona and the crazy costumes and people paint him out to be this troubled child, but really he's just, I think a little misunderstood and I think he's a brilliant uh, poet and he also has a genius level IQ. A lot of people yes. don't know that. 
Most people don't realize that most heavy metal artists across the board are brilliant people. They're absolutely, they see past what everybody else sees. And that's why they write yes. such deep, intricate lyrics. And now yes. most of the time people will say, well, I can never understand what they're saying because they're screaming. Well, yeah. And I understand that <laughs> CDs, like my, my favorite thing about old school music was being able to buy a CD when it came out on a Tuesday and, and rip it open and then pull out the liner notes and read the lyrics to all the songs as you were listening to them. And I've always been a fiend. Like I love a good beat and I love a good riff, but the lyrics are where it's at for me. And the more- Oh, same. Same the more here, people that yeah. I've met, specifically in the heavy metal industry or the hard rock industry, they're they're wicked smart. They're absolutely yeah. brilliant people. Yeah. And they just yeah. and and so you know, and there have been certain instances where I've been close enough with a couple of them where I can say, okay, yes, I I, I was a fan of you before I met you. I'm now a fan of you as an individual, but I do want to ask a question about this song and what it means and their explanation is so profound. I'm like, ah, right. There's, I, there's generally a lot of deep rooted meaning. Behind, they're not just throwing out a song, right? There, there's a lot of meaning behind it. Right. For sure. But do you think, and I don't know how long you've been a Manson fan or how long you've been a metal fan, which, you know, I, we had a conversation about black fingernail polish, which yeah. I want to get to in just a second. But I think as long as you are a fan of that, that to me, you know, and I think about my own personal experience, and I know in, in talking with you, you're the same way, that that element, that musical affinity that we have, that 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 love for metal, which is such a curveball to so many people, mm. actually adds to the depth of your individual personality, where it's Absolutely. not like, I'm completely predictable, you know, no offense to any artist that I ratchet off here, but, you know, I'm on the news and I listen to John Mayer and I eat it, you know, I drink coffee at Starbucks yeah. and I eat at Applebee's on a yeah. couch. Womp, womp. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. No. Yeah. It. Yeah. No. There's so many different layers to people, and um, you know, look. This is why I wore a band T-shirt. You probably expected me to be in a really nice dress. I, I have a whole clothes rack of them, but this is this is this is who I am, and I think it's you know it's COVID. Anything flies these days, right. and you know, at a time when people are investing in you know, fancy green screen for their podcast backdrop. I'm just like, I'll throw baby Yoda in a Louis Vuitton purse. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> this, this is my backdrop and this is as good as it's going to get. All right. So and there's, there's your new official soundbite. There is absolutely the new official soundbite for Jennifer Eckhart. Like I, I, I think that's, that's what really gets me. And you and I have talked about our, our past and our, like our days in elementary school and middle school and high school growing up and how, we maybe fit by description, you know, I playing football, you being, you were a cheerleader, if I'm correct. Yes. Yeah. I was, I was a cheerleading captain. It was a little bit different. Like tell, tell, tell (laughs) well, so, and this is again, going to the whole theme of what's behind the curtain of this individual. So yeah, on paper, uh, people, I was, uh, one of the captains of the varsity cheerleading squad in high school. I was, uh, junior class president. I was a uh, senior class. I was one of the speakers for senior uh, graduation. And, um, but behind the scenes, I was also this angsty, like brooding girl. And it was just, it was something that I never really, uh, you know, wore on my, put more on my sleeve. I didn't really put it out there. Mm. Um, but that's what sort of made me fall in love with grunge and alternative rock. And uh, because I just felt like I, a connection to the music and it's funny, I, and I know you, you can probably, if you want to show your viewers a picture of myself oh, uh, yes. back in my, yes, my middle school that. days, I was convinced that I was Avril Lavigne. Like, <laughs> I was Avril Lavigne, and by the way, I hope she listens to this podcast as well, because I, you know, the Vans, the black nail polish, I went through a dark phase where I was moody, I was, as most teenagers do, I was angsty, and, um, but I really did, I do love her music, and, but what's funny to what you said is I was sort of the cheerleader that never should have been a cheerleader, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and no. I, 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 but again, like that to me is depth. That to me is, <laughs> is finding those areas and, and not being afraid of them and owning them. 
Yeah. Because I think so many people, and you mentioned it earlier, I think that I think the pandemic, if there were if there was a silver lining to the pandemic, I do. I I and I've said this numerous times that I feel like it's peeled back layers that we have mm. we have put up to society. Absolutely. You gotta, you're a vice president of sales, and so you gotta be this, but now that you're constantly zooming with your team, like your kids are super loud and you have this art on the wall or yeah. you have this in the background and you now you're opening them. them up to your to your life to your personal right. space and your home and your children and my cat who's napping i'm surprised he hasn't uh cat bomb is that a thing <laughs> i know there's like zoom bombing but like cat bombing my cat loves the camera so i'm yeah. i'm i wouldn't be surprised if you were to jump up here so <laughs> but i think that that to me is where that unapologetic nature, not in a disrespectful way, because some people think, well, you listen to metal, you're, you're brooding to, to use your word, which I love them. Um, (laughs) And so you're, you're mad at the world and you're out to offend. I'm like, no, that's not the point at all. What I, what I'm out to do is to share with the world who I am through and through. And I think that's, you know, in, in my elder years now, um, as time has gone on, I've learned more and more because I wasn't so much this way, but I've learned more and more that the closer you get to who you truly are and the more you own it without apology, the more, mm-hmm. number one, you find happiness. And number two, you attract mm-hmm. the people that you want to have around you. Because I've yeah. been through that time in my life and I'm sure that either you have been there or you've known people that have been there that you've you've created this, this mythical world of, of a facade and you've attracted people to that. Now, is that yeah. really you? No. And so like over time, we shed friends, we shed acquaintances, we shed people in our lives. Right. And if I look back on it, I mean, yes, there are some people that I that I will always miss, but for the most part, they were attracted to somebody that I, I was still trying to figure out who I was. And so they were attracted to me at that time. They were connected to me at that time. And so I don't know that they knew the true me where now right. I feel like people understand that I am the the positive empathetic podcasting tv guy but i'm also the bourbon drinking slipknot singing you know uh, I, I have i have this other side of me that people understand right and so right i don't know if you've experienced where that that fil- that the more you filter down who you are the more the, the higher the quality of your surroundings become the higher quality of your surroundings, your connections to people. And I mean, just like you, for instance, uh, I don't think we ever would have come across each other's paths if we didn't share a love of the same music. And it's something that I haven't, my love of this kind of music isn't, again, it's something I've really kept in a shell. And um, I, I've never really admitted to anybody before, but yeah, if you were to go on my Spotify playlist, you'll, be a lot of that. <laughs> but again, in a world where everyone wears a mask, Rich, what a privilege it is to see a soul, right? Mm-hmm. What a privilege it is to see that person for who they are and right. off camera, you know, unscripted and with baby Yoda in the purse. <laughs> exactly. And I, and I think too, I think adding on that other layer of social media, because that's such a big part of who we are as a culture and a society now yeah. too. And, and that's almost made things dramatically worse in my opinion, because people feel like they have to be this image on social media right. to keep up this, this act. constant. It's a highlight reel. It's a exactly. highlight reel where you're, you're only projecting your highlights and you're not, you know, putting out there your lows or, you know, when you were gasping for air on the floor crying, right. you know, right. I've had, <laughs> I'm sure a lot of your listeners have had a lot of tears during 2020 as I have, this has mm-hmm. been a rough challenging year. Um, but yeah, absolutely. So going back to the music thing, because as you know, that's a passion of mine and obviously it is yours. Have you seen Manson in concert? No, I have not. Okay. I'm adding him to the list of people that we need to have listened to this so that we can get you to put it on the bucket list. I'd also (laughs) love to interview him. I'd love to meet him. He's very funny too. I have to think think for like funny, like if like, I'm just weird. If you can, if you can make me laugh, we will be friends for life. So I have seen some cameo appearances of his recently in TV shows that have had him on. And I don't think he gets enough credit for his humor. I really don't. I think he's, I just, I think he's misunderstood. It's like a conversation I had with my boyfriend the other day. I don't even know how this came up. There was something for the Lion King. It was like on TV and 
it was he was like i said who's your favorite character in the lion king and he's like scar i was like scar i was like nobody likes scar what do you mean scar he's like he's just misunderstood jen he's just misunderstood and i'm like wait okay i get that i get that now because all of us are misunderstood you know we all have this facade and this highlight reel that we put out there so but yeah marilyn manson i'd love to come see you in concert one day so i would love it since you haven't seen him who is your who is your what's the best concert you've ever been to from a rock metal standpoint oh gosh um, well, I, I'm not sure I would put Incubus in the same category as metal, but they're definitely, uh, yeah. rock alternative grunt. They, you know, they fit that category. Gosh, I don't even know where to begin with this. Cause I've been to so many concerts. Uh, so the last concert I saw, which was pre COVID was at radio city music hall. And it was for Incubus, which is where nice. I got this shirt. Nice. Um, so they were they were fantastic. They were awesome. I hear your kids in the background. Yeah, yeah. So funny. Again, this is what we're talking Yo, about. Welcome, welcome to 2020. <laughs> welcome to 2020. Just let it rip. Let it rip. Um, but another fun concert that I went to was Weezer. That was a really fun concert. The fr- a friend of mine that I was with at the time caught. We were really close to the front of the stage. A friend of mine caught one of the drumsticks. The drummer threw out his drumstick and she like threw up her hand and she caught it. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> did that happen? That was a lot of fun. And here's a really embarrassing fact. Oh, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins. Good one. One of my all-time favorite concerts that I've been to. But this is something very embarrassing that I'm going to also admit to your <laughs> viewers and listeners. And it's the fact that I'm a huge Nickelback fan. So thanks for joining us on the Enrichers podcast. <laughs> We're gonna have to shut it down now. Um, All right. Well, it was fun. It was fun while it lasted. <laughs> anyway, you know, my thing is yep. this: is that yep. I, I put I put Nickelback in the same bucket as the Spice Girls, as the same bucket as Millie Vanilli. Is that you can hate on them all you want? You don't They're sell like that many comments. records unless people really like what you're doing. And it's not just that they had one album. So as much as I, so on, on, on face value, I'm not a fan for numerous reasons. Now, however, I have learned over time to disassociate my feelings for a band with a song that I may particularly like. So, Listen, Rick, you can, it's fine. We can agree to disagree. If you don't <laughs> like Nickelback, you don't, you're it's fine. It's cool. Uh, by the way, Chad Kroger, or yeah, Chad Kroger. Yeah, Chad Kroger. The, he was married to Avril Lavigne for a yep. split second. Yes, he I was. Know, wasn't a lot of people, a lot of people don't know that, but they have some bangers out there. And I also think that there's a lot of closet Nickelback fans out there, and they don't want to admit it because they don't think it's cool and they don't think it's <laughs> trendy. Well, I will start a Nickelback. I love Nickelback club, and whoever is out there who also likes Nickelback. Feel free to join my club. It's so far, it's just me and my cat. So, so I'm adding Chad Kroger to the list. Um, so oh, I've seen him, but yeah, would love to meet him. <laughs> would love to meet Chad. <laughs> so 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 true. True disclosure, like I like I. There are a couple songs of theirs that I really enjoy. I will say that. On the whole, except photograph. Nobody likes no, that song. No, no, that is yeah. Yeah. If, if somebody right. could permanently right. delete right. that. We, we can agree on that. Right, right. We, agree. We, we can agree on that. Agree there. there there's our common ground on Nickelback. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so speaking of music, you're into metal, heavy metal karaoke, which is that a thing or do you want to make that a thing? I want to make it a be thing. a trend. I want to, I want to okay. make it. Well, and, and so I don't think there's a specific like heavy metal karaoke bar, although there should be. Um, now I had been to when I lived in Kansas City. Where, we could uh, find there. There was a there was a great dive karaoke bar in Kansas City called the Red Balloon, like best best dive joint ever. Amazing place. Um, and they had a guy that was kind of like the the DJ, the karaoke DJ. Yeah, and and he had he, he was probably five eight five nine, bigger guy, had this long curly hair, and so imagine this is one of those dive bars that like the suburban 
wives and girlfriends all go to. Like it's that kind of place. Like it's it's a dive bar, but it's kind of a trendy dive bar. Mm-hmm. He comes out in between a couple right, of acts right. and rocks Dragula by Rob Zombie <laughs> and does the full on, like I can't do it because my hair's not my quite goodness. long enough, but does the whole like headbang spin thing where his hair is doing right. this. And I'm in the front row going, this is amazing. Like, it was awesome. The guy just nailed it. Nailed it, nailed it. I love that. I I will say that I have a, if you have a one-person Nickelback fan club, I have a one-person heavy metal karaoke bar. It's in my car. um, And it happens as much as I could possibly get in my car. Like, I have my playlists that I go to. And there will always be a couple of metal songs that I just really love. Now, I... You're that guy. You're that guy at the red light who's like... Oh, like absolutely. Pretty, like, oh, okay. You're that oh, guy. Abs- absolutely. Okay. And funny story about that. So uh, maybe about a month or so ago, I'm at a red light. I'm doing my thing. I'm, I think it was Slipknot. I was singing Slipknot, which is a, a constant one. Although I will say that I, naturally, you know, here's, here's, here's something that I've never told anybody. So to kind of add on. Good, because it's just me saying <laughs> all these embarrassing things about myself. It'd be nice if you jumped in, Ritz. It would be nice. So, I I got down the YouTube rabbit hole one day and I looked up how That's to sing. That's a bad rabbit hole to go down. Oh, it's a bad, it's a bad one. And I looked up how to sing like a heavy metal singer, like how to scream like one. And I, unbeknownst to me. You want to give, give us a little, want to give us a taste? Do we get it? Do we get a taste? Are you not oh, prepared? Did I catch you out? I knew guard? that was going to come back to haunt me, wasn't you're it? You're so good. You're so good at it, though, because I see I've heard you sing before. So <laughs> don't don't shy away now that we're live on your podcast. <laughs> I I may have to I may have to do that. Do you have a request? A re- oh, a heavy metal request? Like a band request? I can come up with something if I have a band request. Because I have I I will also admit that I have the most obnoxious iTunes known to man like it's just ridiculous i wanted to use one of the videos that you sent me before and i'm pretty (laughs) sure you were driving you were on your way to kansas and you put and you were screwed you it was a little bit of singing but then you started screaming i was like oh oh i was like yeah i'll tell you what i have that video somewhere i'll add that video in because i don't want to blow any ears out here and now so i will i will add that in as as my offering of of coming to the middle on on embarrassing facts and 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 stories about in a a person um so while we're on the subject of karaoke so when you start this heavy metal karaoke um bar with uh me Right. which I'm assuming will go into business together because it's, it, it's legally like how profitable it's would podcast, that be? Yeah. <laughs> so there's this trend that some friends of mine in high school would do and it's called creeding. Have you ever heard of this? Creeding? No. <laughs> Sorry. It's called creeding. C-R, like the band Creed. Right. You know? right. <clears throat> and it's kind of like, um, well, I just heard the news today. You know, like that was terrible. That was so bad. You sounded just that like was Scott so, Scott. so bad. <laughs> no, but you know what? Like you can do it. Like um, carry carry the thought through, and then I'll 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 do one. I'll do one for you. I will create with arms wide open <laughs> under the sunlight. So they just randomly well, sing green songs. Funny. How funny would it be to get up at a microphone and just start singing that way? And <laughs> it would just catch everyone off guard. Like, whoa, they really suck. But this is awesome. <laughs> so do they do they just sing Creed or do they do they change the lyrics at all? No, no. They just sing Creed songs, but you have to do it in the Scott Trap voice. You have to do it like under well, the sunlight. The news today seems my life. Is going Gonna to change. change. I close my eyes. <laughs> Begin to pray. Oh Tears of joy. See, you can work on it. We we can practice. Yeah, my can face practice. with arms <laughs> wide open. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> your subscriber li- your subscribers are dropping as this No, they're going up. They're going <laughs> they're up. They're going up. Okay. We will find we will find uh, first of all we're gonna get Scott Stapp to listen to that because he... write him write him down. <laughs> yep. The only podcast you'll ever hear where there's actual real time creeding 
First one. There you like, go. I've never heard that on any other podcast. So embarrassing. <laughs> oh my goodness. So embarrassing. Moment of uh, truth here. So let's, I, I, I want to dive into a couple of quick rapid fire questions about you because this is oh, the gosh. fun part. Okay. This is the it fun is? part. Okay. So I, these okay. are going to be on the spot. I got to know some fun things about you. Got to get into it. Right. Okay. I don't know. Just full disclosure to your viewers and listeners. I have no idea what these questions are. So I'm slightly nervous, but continue. None of, none of them, none of them, uh, like we just created. It can, listen, it can't I mean, it, it goes up from here. Like, I mean, there's nothing I can ask. Right. This, I can't ask any questions. It's all uphill from here. <laughs> right. It's all uphill from here. So question number one, have you ever created on a podcast? Created? No. Have oh, you ever created. created on a podcast? Just now. Yes. <laughs> See, one for one. Good, good, good answer. Uh, where's the first place you're going after the pandemic? Oh, good question. Uh, the Caribbean islands, I think. I miss, I miss just the warm water, the sand, the people. I just, I'm an island girl. Love, love it there. Like it. Other than my creating, what was the last thing that made you laugh? Uh, last thing that made me laugh. Um, was my cat <laughs> of course my cat my cat's always making me laugh he before i taped this podcast he jumped up in front of the laptop like he was like he was the star and <laughs> that he was going to be on the podcast and i was like get, get down like what are, <laughs> what are you doing he always thinks it's all about it's all about him anyway right. your listener you, your listeners should follow him on instagram he's kind of insta famous he's <laughs> at he's at uh hampton furry gentleman so Hampton that's Furry Gentleman. Hampton Furry Gentleman. Oh, and by the way, fun fact, he is the March Meowness champion of 2020. So take that. <laughs> and and what for the listeners is that exactly? <laughs> so for full context, because of COVID, there was no actual March Madness tournament, basketball tournament this year. So a friend of mine has a charity called Cats versus Cancer. And basically does this tournament where you submit a cute picture of your cat and he makes different brackets and people have to go on and vote and basically it's basically like march madness but it's march madness it's cat and all of the proceeds go for uh cancer research and cancer victims so there you go march madness <laughs> i i I've been very productive. Listen, Rich, I've been very productive with my time during this COVID 2020 lockdown period. Okay. Very productive. Well, there goes my next question. What is the craziest thing you've done during the pandemic? Oh, gosh. Well, yeah, that was. (laughs) I I don't know if I can answer that one, but um, I can tell you what the most ridiculous thing that recently happened to me is. Uh, I had a total and complete meltdown in a grocery store <laughs> where I, I everyone's wearing masks and I something was happening that day and I was so overcome with emotion and literally just started crying in front of the kids and just started crying and someone was like, are you okay? And I'm like, and i know that a lot of people have been stress eating during the pandemic right um that was a day that was not a proud moment that was a day when i came home with not one but two boxes of entenmann's cookies as one does a, as one does as one does in the grocery store or if you are just trying to survive the hell that is 2020 <laughs> <laughs> And or there you go, right? <laughs> I remember my boyfriend was like, "Why did you? Why did one? Why did you get two? I said it was buy one get the other free. I said, <laughs> "Don't judge me." He goes, I, I, "I'm not judging you." And I was like, "Let me eat, let me live my best life." And I just walked away. Is the top so of your that mask wet? Have you been crying at the grocery store? Like what? What's I going was, on? Yeah, tears, tears. What's tears. been? What's been other than other than the cookies? Have you had like a an emotional breakdown? Emotional breakdowns, cookies, and and Meowmix madness. Um, what what has been your go to right. like saving grace during the pandemic? Ah, uh, yes, therapeutic anxiety coping techniques that I have adopted during yes. twenty twenty. Um, 
I've recently, which I have fallen head over heels in love with. I'm not that great, but I'm okay. I'm pretty good as a beginner. And uh, it's just soothing. And it's something that I've really gotten into. My grandmother was a phenomenal painter. So I decided to sort of follow in her footsteps. And I've been watching a lot of Bob Ross videos. I don't know if you know who that is. The, the Bob painter. Ross. Yes. Yes. Bro, very, oh, yes. yes. Awesome. Awesome. If you, again, listeners, viewers, if you are ever having a bad day, just YouTube Bob Ross and it will instantly turn your mood around. Much like listening to a Marilyn Manson song if you're feeling angry. Let's see. Am I feeling Bob Ross or Marilyn Manson today? Mm. <laughs> one one mm. or the other. That's mm. one side of the spectrum to the other. <laughs> or better yet, you can listen to Marilyn Manson while you paint. Look at this lovely, look at this lovely ocean. Look at this. Now it's on fire. Now it's on fire. <laughs> <laughs> um, his voice is so soothing, though. And I learned a fun fact about Bob Ross, and I hope I'm not butchering this or messing this up, but apparently he grew up in an abusive household where there was a lot of yelling and a lot of screaming. And part of why he speaks so uh, gentle on camera and has such a you know, like just delicate nature and vibe about him is because of his upbringing. And that, that's oh, wow. what made him fall in love with painting. I know, again, shows you what's behind those layers. So pretty so, cool. It was, it was interesting to learn that. So last question, if you I'm didn't scared. do journalism, what is your other dream job? Oof. Uh, hmm. Well, I have two, two, this is two pronged. Is that allowed? Oh, always. Two pronged. Okay. Uh, we, so we've created a... for God's sake. I think all our rules have gone out the window. I think we're, we're good. <laughs> we've and... uh, I would probably be an interior designer. I would follow in my mother, Cindy Eckhart's footsteps. She is so incredibly talented and I have such a love for decorating and making spaces beautiful and welcoming and um, just putting your own creativity and flair on like a bedroom. And I love staging and kitchen renovations. I would love to be on one of those shows. What is it? Um, you know, re the, those renovation Design shows, not yeah. flip or flop or, right. uh, Oh, fixer, fixer upper, fixer upper chip and Joanna. I think that would be such a fun career. Um, that, and I just have a big love for, nonprofit and for donating to causes that are very near and dear to my heart. Um, you mentioned in the intro to this podcast that I emcee a lot of charity events, a lot of black ties, a lot of galas. Um, there's a lot of causes out there near and dear to my heart, mainly because I, I have people in my family who have been impacted by cancer. My best friend passed away from lupus. That's another cause that is very close to my heart, um, obviously sexual assault, sexual harassment, um, depression, bullying, uh, suicide is also very close to my heart, which I know that the suicide numbers amid COVID-19 and 2020, they're skyrocketing. Right. And um, I know we just took a hard turn for the serious, but, you know, these are very serious issues that are happening in our country that I think need, people need to pay more attention to, because I think that there is a mental health um, problem in this okay. country that's not being addressed to its full capacity. Right. And I think that, that those, those different initiatives are near and dear to my heart as well for numerous reasons. Um, but I agree. I feel like, I feel like there is a, there is a crisis behind the crisis um, that's getting some attention, not near enough attention. Right. Um, so right. I completely agree with that. And, and on the, on the left turn fact, like that's just part of what's behind the curtain, right? It's all the things that make up who we are. And so that's, right. those are important yeah. to talk about. There's nothing behind the curtain that we shouldn't talk about, that we shouldn't share, that we shouldn't be passionate about. And so that is something that is of interest to you. So I'm glad that you share that because, I mean, we've had some wonderful, hilarious, random things that we've <laughs> talked about, but there's, there are the things that we're truly passionate about and that makes up who we are. So that's very important. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing that. So yeah. I am... I am so thankful to you for being who you are. Um, I'm so friend. thankful for you being such a strong woman, such a strong individual uh, and being who you are behind the curtain. You're so talented on air. You're so talented in what you do, but it's what's behind the curtain that makes you who you are. And I'm so thankful to get to know that. I'm glad that my, my listeners and my viewers have gotten to know that. 
and be on the lookout for our spinoff series, right? We'll call it. Yeah, we'll call totally. Creating. Yeah. We'll call it creating. Let's just start a new trend. <laughs> I love it. That is so funny. We'll have, well, we'll have you, a, a, a talk show and then we'll end every, every episode with a creed. We need to get better at it though. Like we need to, there's probably. I'm, I'm offended. Sure you don't think I'm really good at my creating on the spot? Like, <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Cause I put you on the spot. Um, I need some improvement. Oh, I think boy. you're better than I am, but we can, we can work on it. We can work on it. Well, we, it'll be a segment. We and we will. That's our, that's our 2021 goal is to get better at creating. Gotta, gotta set it somewhere. <laughs> yep. Yep. Awesome. Well, the thank bar you high. so much for joining me, Jennifer. You're a, an amazing woman, and I'm so thankful for you. So thank you so much for spending time with us today. Thank you so much, Rich. You're an inspiration to many out there, and I know all of your listeners, and I appreciate you having me on and showcasing a different Jennifer that the world has really never seen before. I love it. I love it. <laughs> all right. We will see you next time on the Enrich Your Soul podcast. Thank you for listening to the Enrich Your Soul podcast. For more information and resources, visit richbracken.com.